Welcome to the Suffering Podcast. Each week, we walk you through how suffering is the way to sustainable success and the path to greatness. We can be found on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and many more. Visit thesufferingpodcast.com for complete details. Please subscribe and like to get our latest episodes as soon as they drop. Follow us on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, and LinkedIn for exclusive content. Please comment. We may read your comments on future shows or even reach out to you for a future guest appearance. Let's embrace how suffering forges bonds that last forever, showing we are never alone. So get so ready, get ready, sit down, sit down, and strap it, strap it. Sit your ass down, down. Sit your ass down, down. Let's talk about the suffering. It's time to start the pain. Sit your ass down, down. Sit your ass down, down. Strap it, strap it. This is gonna hurt, gonna hurt. This is gonna hurt, gonna hurt. Let's talk about the suffering. It's time to start the pain. This is gonna hurt. It's time for the Suffering Podcast. Dented Development Project is a 501c3 nonprofit organization with a mission to assist first responders and their families repair dents caused by suffering. Help us support the ones who take care of us selflessly. Dented things can still operate, but may not be as pretty as they once were. Make a difference and go to DentedDevelopmentProject.com to get involved today. Our heroes need our help. All new Suffering Podcast gear is here. The show depends heavily on our supporters to get the word out. Let people know that suffering is a team sport and no one is alone in their struggles. Wearing the Suffering Podcast merchandise accomplishes that goal. Check out our store at thesufferingpodcast.com or check our show notes for the link. Your support and love means everything to us. We walk ourselves into the deep stream and begin to trudge against the current. It's very difficult to put one foot in front of the other. As the water gets deeper and deeper and threatens to overtake us, we can't see any way out. We're about to drown. There are people along the banks of the river that are telling us to just get out of the water. If it were only that easy. Human beings seem to be really good at making a difficult life more difficult. We dump struggle and suffering on top of suffering. It is our need for excess to replace success. I'm Kevin Donaldson here with Mike Felace, and on this episode of the Suffering Podcast, we sit down with Bobby Crudell to discuss the suffering of alcoholism. Bobby has stepped back out of the water, and he's here to tell his tale. Bobby, thank you so much for coming in today. No problem, guys. Before we get into anything, Mike, I got a real good social media question, and it's going to be fun for everybody (laughs) because we've all had those calls throughout our careers. We're all police officers in this room, or we were at one point. Some of us still have to work. I'm sorry, Bobby. (laughs) We've all had those calls where you walked out crying laughing. So Sam writes, what is the funniest call you've ever been on as a police officer? Bobby, you're our guest today. Let's start there. Now listen, he's from Hudson County. Every call is a fucking joke. Every call is a, is a joke. <laughs> <laughs> I, 
I got a really good one, but uh, it's a little sensitive in today's environment. It, <laughs> it deals with transgender. Can we speak about that? Sure, absolutely. absolutely. Mike's transgender. He's good. I uh, go to a job, Hampton Inn. Guy's uh, sitting in the hallway crying, crying. This is a while ago. What's he crying about? Oh, prostitute took his money, didn't pay, whatever the case was. Sergeant goes, another guy goes in, talking to the to the girl. They're out with the John. John got a gift card. Gift card didn't have money on it. The girls check it now. You know, that's how they get paid, gift cards. No more cash. Okay. Kevin unless, knows that. Unless you're down AC. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Vegas. <laughs> so I've heard. Turns out that the, the girl is, is a guy, is a transgender. Right. Spot on. I mean, you're like, wow, you know. Did a good job, right? Guy I'm working with, no names, doesn't want to, he's like, that's not, that's not a, a guy, that's a girl. I said, okay, whatever. I said, what's your name, honey? Destiny. Go back out, talk to this guy. What happened? He goes, she met me at the speedway and I wanted to go in here and blah, 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 this whole thing. Okay. Go back in. Transgender says, listen. He's supposed to pay. He didn't pay. I checked the card. I told him to get lost. He said he's going to call the cops, and this is where we are right now. And he's crying and crying out in the hallway. The transgender or the John? The John. Okay. Transgender is with another guy. Was it, a, was it a John or was it a Bobby? <laughs> <laughs> We're not going to get into that. No comment. It's another anyway, episode. Anyway, we take care of the John. I tell the John, listen, I, I tell John, I'm going to lock you up for, you know, I make up some stuff, theft of services, whatever. And then, you know, I know you beat her, blah, blah, blah. And then he starts really crying for real now. You're going to tell my wife, you know, whatever. I go back in a room and I said, uh, Destiny, this is my friend. I said, uh, can you do me a favor? Whatever, whatever. Are you Are you in charge? <laughs> I'm like, yeah, I'm in charge. I was a detective at the time. I go show it to him. She goes. Am I not going to get arrested? I said, nope. <laughs> I said, show it to him. She reaches down and it drops out. <laughs> now the guy I'm working with, he sits down on the bed and he goes, oh my God, oh my God. And I go, what? I go, did you didn't believe me? He go, I said, what's wrong? Are you, are, do you need, a, need the ambulance? What, you want me to get something? He looked like pale. He goes, no. He goes, I, I don't know. I don't know if I'm disappointed or a little excited. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Whoops. Uh, I walked out of there cracking up. So that was the most recent. But I have millions of stories that I just walked out and I just was laughing, you know. Mike, go, go to you. When I first got promoted to sergeant, we had a brand new guy working on the shift. So they generally let him drive around with the supervisor. We go to a residential burglary. I'm walking him through the whole thing. You know, you got to look for the Primarchs on the door and, you know, entrance, exit, you know, going through the whole thing with the guy. So I'm walking around, walking around the bedroom, you know, obviously they go to the master bedroom, go around the bedroom looking for different things. You know, the, the top drawers are open, the underwear drawer, everything goes through. I look under the bed and I see something under there. So he tell the new guy, I said, this is why you got to check the room. I said, now female that's there, actually pretty good looking female. And all the guys are checking around everything else. Typical cop stuff. I said, when you go to a scene, you got to take in everything. You got to look everywhere. I said, this could solve the case. I said, Go to her side of the bed. Look under the bed. There's evidence right under. He goes over. He looks. Bent down. Looked up. He was pale as a ghost. It was a 12-inch pink fucking dildo laying right under the bed. <laughs> <laughs> he just looked at me like. And now Mike has a 12-inch pink fucking dildo <laughs> in his house. <laughs> I know. Personally. <laughs> For me, it, it's got nothing to do. My, my funniest story has got nothing to do with sex. It's It was 6.30 in the morning. I'm working a midnight shift. We get called to this house for a baby squirrel 
in the bedroom. You're you're rubbing the sleep out of your eyes. You so two of us get there. We go up and we see it looks like it looks more like a chipmunk than a baby squirrel. But who am I? I'm not a zoologist. The minute we get close to this thing, it fucking jumps, jumps and right spreads. Up. It's a flying squirrel. Now, I have a bad problem with bats. Some people are afraid of snakes. Some people are afraid of spiders. Bats make my skin crawl. So this thing looked like a squirrel or a chipmunk and a bat had a baby. And every time we get close to this thing, it jumps. And you see two grown men who are <laughs> running around the, the room like Clark Griswold going, oh, it's on my back. Get it off me. Get it off me. Get it off me. We're running around the room. We, she has one of these central vacs. We plug in the central vac because it's the only way we could get near it. It's got a long tube on it. I, I hold it out. I clunk it on the head, and the thing takes one step and falls over. I suck it up on the end of it and then drop it out the window. All right, turn it off, and boom, <laughs> gone. We we must have laughed forever for that one. But there's there's lots of the sex ones as well, and they seem to be the most funny. Like you, you catch that married guy with the dildo up his ass. That, that happens quite a bit. Actually, that's exciting, but. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, I, I have a, a, a fear of midgets. Oh, yeah. We can't say midget. Now, that's that that we can't say okay. because we, we Mike and I actually become friends with one that we had on our show, Scott Stevens. I, I'm friends with Beetlejuice, but I'm just saying I, I, I'm i scared. I, I don't like that guy. Well, I don't like tough. Beetlejuice. He's tough to get along with. You know he, he accused me of shitting in his pants. I threw him at a bachelor party <laughs> uh, <laughs> and, and he, Rooney was his guy at the time. I don't know if he's still his manager. And he said, Bobby, don't throw him over the air mattress. <laughs> cleared it with some despair and he had a bike helmet on dude to this day i don't think he he, he hates me. fuck you cop fuck you cop well you know what you're not gonna give him any more brain damage <laughs> he's, 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 he's out of his mind so bobby crudell i've heard so much about you <laughs> not only from mike from plenty of other people you seem to be a very popular individual in the north jersey area <laughs> for depends for, on who you're talking to right popular in which way but i also know <laughs> That you've been a big supporter of our show since the very beginning. Yes. Somebody with your background and coming from where you come from, where we're going to get to in a little bit, I'd really like to hear what you think about the Suffering Podcast. I think that in the law enforcement community, there's a lot of pain. There always is. And people don't understand that unless you're in the law enforcement community or family members get it. What you guys do is for years and years and years, we had nowhere to go. You know, you have nowhere to turn. You got to deal with it. We're, Thus, too, we're had, too afraid to turn to someone or you'd be labeled. You, you get labeled weak as a cop and it's over. Not only that, you, you've, you're always worried about what people are, you know, the bad side of it. You know, so you fall into a bottle like I did or you go in other directions and you don't have anybody to talk to. I don't, never was a big fan of uh, cop to cop. I'm not saying it doesn't work, but who am I talking to? But, you, know? you know, it's a type A personality that doesn't want to talk to people. You don't think you need to help. Yeah. And that's the other thing. Walking around like, you know, hey, listen, I wasn't the guy that I've, I had friends. Everybody was my friend, much like Mike. Every, we were friends with everybody. It wasn't just the guys that played sports or the guys that played music, right? Well, coming from the small town, small everybody, town, knew, everybody each knew each other. And there was no bullying and all that crap. We just all got along. You know, it was it was fine. We did our thing. But when you become a police officer, you're an authoritative figure, you know? You're and there to fix the problem. I'm there to fix the problem. I'm there to support the community. People are coming to me for things that don't even fall under my job scope, but I'm helping them with it. Now I'm a therapist. I'm a social worker. I'm all these things wrapped up into one. There's nowhere to go. So when you guys started doing this and I started listening to some of the stuff, I was like, wow. And it covers a broad spectrum. 
you guys really cover a lot of stuff. Yeah, we do. It's, we do. it's actually really cool stuff. I mean, some of the stuff he did down in Florida, I'm still, I listened to it a couple of <laughs> uh. times. It's, it's, it's just really interesting. But from just the cops aspect, someone who's still active, it helps. And just listening to it helps. Not coming on the show. I'm, I'm, believe me, I'm over the moon. You guys asked me to come on. That was Kevin's idea. <laughs> of course. That's I the first time you ever gave me credit for anything. <laughs> Fuck Bobby. Fuck, Fuck Bobby. Bobby. Hey, I don't want to have that fucker on here. Can we here? get on? No. <laughs> no. Because listen, I know, I know both of you very well. I know I'm going to fucking need therapy after this fucking thing because you guys are going to fucking lambaste me. I'm just waiting for it. I'm surprised we made it this far. This is all the therapy you're going to need because there's <laughs> nothing. I, I've been there before on the other side and I, I would, I get more out of this, what you guys are doing than I do, than I ever got sitting in front of a doctor. I just was down in South Jersey. I was talking to my cousin. My cousin is a, is a vet. And he's he's got some issues going on because of stuff he saw while in service. His his mother calls me, and I'm very close with his mother. And she says, you know, that he's he's not doing well. So when I go, I said, I'll tell you what, I'll call him up. We'll go have dinner. I had a great time. I mean, I had a fantastic time. We go and we meet up. He's willing to tell me more stuff because he knows I've been in a shooting. He knows I went down that bad rabbit hole, and he's going to talk to me more than his own mother. It's, I'm not saying it's the right way. It's just the truth. That's the way it is. A cop is going to talk to a cop or somebody with, with trauma in their life is going to talk to somebody else with trauma. Because you're, you're on equal ground. Right. You're level, not level playing field. Level playing field. Exactly. Well put. Yeah, you're welcome. <laughs> See, it's not that bad. <laughs> I know what Mike has told me about you. I know what Mike has told me about you. I believe like a third of what he says. So I want you to tell our audience a little bit about yourself. Listen, a third of what I said isn't a quarter of what Bobby Crudell is all about. <laughs> Believe me. Um, I'm a very fucked up individual. <laughs> You'll fit right in I, here. No, I... Uh, Maybe a co-host now. Yeah. <laughs> I, what, you want me to start from the beginning? Or, you know, I, I, I... When you came out of your dad's balls. Oh, my God, dude. Best what part of me went down the sheet, obviously. Said it was what the, a ride. Like it was the best through. ride. It was insane. It was like a log flume. <laughs> Right through the fallopian tubes. I was I was blowing my father. What? <laughs> the whole opening scene to Look Who's Talking with with Bobby's voice going, "Hey guys, let's go this way. You guys go that way. I go this what way." The, what the fuck is going on here? <laughs> guys, get back in. It's only a blowjob. I feel like I'm getting chased by a bunch of tadpoles. What's going on? I came from my family's from Jersey City, and uh, my mother divorced my father. We moved to uh, uh, North Arlington, my stepfather's house. <laughs> That's probably where it all ended for me because I met Mike. <laughs> <laughs> so you got your first blowjob in North Arlington yeah. by Mike. Third, well, like he, third grade. Yeah. He kept he he actually made me wear my football helmet, which was kind of weird. But, you know. <laughs> right through the face mask. <laughs> right through the face mask. <laughs> <laughs> well, that way you didn't go as deep. Yeah. It's kind of it was kind of like, a lot of editing in this fucking it's a little, episode. <laughs> it's a little governor. Oh no, I'm leaving all that uh, shit yeah, in. Okay. I'm leaving all that shit in. Kids, yeah. kids, don't listen. Kids, <laughs> listen. Just don't break Ch Kevin's balls because he'll cut that out you break my balls yeah you break my balls I, I, I have, don't i don't know kevin well enough i have no. i have editing control that's just plus just kevin said that. he was having a bad day really bad day yeah. i feel bad for him you know this is the suffering podcast i feel your pain pal listen, any day that ends at a y is a bad day for kevin <laughs> yelling at the kids take the fucking picture this is true this is very true so anyway, I grew up in North Arlington, you know, it's a very small town, borough, I knew everybody, went to Queen of Peace Grammar School, uh, went to Queen of Peace High School, then transferred to North Arlington. Fell out. Um, I got kicked out. <laughs> Same thing. <laughs> Same thing. 
The best cops are the ones that always got in trouble in school. (laughs) Well, I was trying to get kicked out. See, I didn't have a, uh, my stepfather, uh, and I never saw it. I, you know, I was the kid and he had children with my mother. So it was very awkward. It was just bad. You know, my father was always around. He didn't have any say in anything. My mother was like terrible to my father, you know, whatever happened with them happened with them. But so that was my, my thing was, is get out of the house, you know? So I must spent more time with my friends and at the playground than I did ever in my house. You grow up and you, you know, I was a fucking altar boy. No, nothing like that. Uh Mike. Yeah, here we go. Oh, reach for the bread, Robert. Yes, Father Brady. (laughs) But uh, that's when I first started drinking. You know, that is the first time I had a drink. All of them have different wines. So we would, uh, me and, uh, I can't, I'm not going to name names. Anyway, me and one of the other guys that we grew up with, we would (laughs) test the wine. And, you know, somebody drank port, somebody drank red, somebody drank white. It was all good. I was... That's why they call it Jesus juice. Twelve, yeah, listen, man. Listen. I, I found the Lord. <laughs> North well, Al- no, North that Al- was that was the priest saying, "Oh God, oh God, oh God," behind you. <laughs> North Arlington joke. You were the original Wolfie. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh my God, dude, that freaking kid. Was it? Was that the Wolfie? Was the the doll from Eddie Monster? No, 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 no. This is a guy who is mentally challenged who lives in our town, and but we a, we like took him under our wing. We were loved know? him. You know, he was. He's heavily he's involved be like in sports. Sixty-five programs. years old or something like that. He's old, way older than us. Right. And uh, he was just he got he a was, job. He got a job he was, like working for the. He church. was working in a rectory, and he got fired for drinking. Uh, <laughs> he drank all the, the sacrament, <laughs> and and it was funny how I found out because my son plays CYO basketball. Well, he did. He's in high, the oldest ones in high school now. So I said, Father Scott, how do you fire Wolfie? I mean, it's Wolfie. He goes, he got caught stealing the sacrament. I said. What the the bread is? He goes, come on, the wine. He goes, not not one time, three times. He goes, the last time we found them passed out in the rectory with sixteen bottles laying on the thing. I said, oh, all right. I said, well, that's I guess you know. He then he was he worked down stop and shop. I walked in. I said, Woofie, fuck you. I said, fuck me. What did I do to you? He was wasted. You don't allow me to come to football practice anymore. He was always at our football practice. I always let him until he started cursing out the fucking players. <laughs> you fucking kids don't listen. Fuck you. Your parents are jerk offs. <laughs> what the fuck are you doing, Wolfie? Get out of here. But this was like a North Arlington guy that we really just like took on, like him and Vinny Macaluso. Oh, yeah. Vinny used to do the tumble salt at the. When I went to North Arlington High School, my. I, I knew who Vinny Macaluso was my whole Vinny life. Vinny Macaluso had Down syndrome. Down syndrome great dude for the hugs and he'd be all over you and everything but i never knew what they did at north Arlington high school because i i was a queen of peace so the this this kid actually went to no he school. was uh, like their mascot like oh. he would come to all the games oh jesus so, christ dude no seriously like he would be with the thing and the coach always had him around so when i played basketball my senior year and they were announcing us and we we're sitting out all the guys you know are sitting out you line up and you go out and they say you know starting point guard bobby Cordell, brian renshaw whoever else and then Vinny does a tumble salt. No, they play like, the national anthem. Right after the national anthem, salt. he starts to like gear him up. He would do the gear him up for this big tumble salt. And every, it made him feel fantastic. And I mean, ju- looking back now, it's like, you know. Then he'd jump up and say, victory! Yeah, he was crazy. <laughs> and he used to sit on the bench with us. <laughs> and he'd come over it, like if you got pulled out for, because I was always getting pulled out for something. What the fuck are you doing? And then he he come up next to you and put his hand and go, "It's okay, Bobby." <laughs> <laughs> like, Thanks, Vin. Uh, 
So the, that's all the fabric of North Arlington, though. You know, the small, close It's these little like things, that. like, you know, and he lived, like, right around the corner from where I live now in those he, apartments. Yeah, he lived in the apartments by me. Yeah. yeah. My, my cousin's got Down syndrome, and he is my favorite cousin. All right, but he he's getting older now. Out of and and oddly enough, he's the one that was supposed to die young. But out of all his brothers and sisters, he's the only one left. Like he and he's probably sixty in his sixties now. But he used to be so strong. Like, oh yeah, like crazy strong. I get and wrestle, but he had a a mind of like a, maybe a five or six year old. Yeah, and he would get you down and just opinion two seconds. Yeah, but there's there's so much fun and. You know, I've never met a parent of a of a Down syndrome person that ever was said, "Ah, oh, this is tough." This, they, it, it's always the greatest thing ever. So, we we brought it up when Derek Taylor was in here. Oh, you know, people yeah. used to come up to him and say, "Oh, you know, like, do you have any kids?" Yeah, I have a, a son that's you know, and cerebral palsy and autistic. And they say, "Oh, I'm sorry." Like, what are you sorry for? What are you sorry for? Yeah, and, and De- but Derek's just one of those. Well, the, that's the, one of the biggest. I I hate to say anything good about Mike. <laughs> I really, I, it, it pains me. It's just going to pain we, him, I know. We it. went through, he, dude, this guy walked on water. Were all your here. friends mentally challenged, by the way? Yeah, See, well, that, that we and, you know, physically abused, whatever else. I mean, it's bad. But, uh, <laughs> you know, that's that's how some people, they surround themselves by that, make themselves feel smarter. I, to, well, I, I was never an altar boy, though. He was, yeah. <laughs> hey, well, how big is Father Jack? <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> so, uh, but Mike does his stuff with the Special Olympics that is just... Second to none. I mean, he's so involved. I always found that to be very impressive. And I, I just, I, it's just the dedication that that takes alone. He's always doing something. If you talk to somebody that's involved, you bring up, I always, I love to drop his name. I don't, I'm not a name dropper. I never did that shit. But with him, I go, Hey, where's Mike Felice? They go, Oh, Mike's up at the, they know exactly where he is and like what he's doing. And he just, it's, it's, uh, it must be very rewarding for him. But I, I, I just gotta, think it's fantastic. I got to leave here today and go to the snowball for a special. Yeah. Movie. I was there till 11 o'clock th- last night. Was that the go one, on. uh, Matt, the MetLife Met Yeah, MetLife Statement. I saw a bunch of posts of that. Now, I know it wasn't all fun and everything. You seem like a, you seem like a riot to be around. <laughs> I, uh, you know, if your life was all sunshine and rainbows, we wouldn't. We wouldn't we w- be sitting here. We right wouldn't now. be sitting here right I'd now. I'd be like, "Fuck your podcast." <laughs> the, suff- <laughs> the suffering of sunshine and rainbows doesn't really have a good. Can flow I have to a it. butterfly? <laughs> <laughs> but I know you've had some tough times. So why don't you let everybody in on a little bit of your own suffering story? <sighs> um. Well. You know, everybody has an excuse for their pain or indiscretion, their yeah. addictions or whatever. I, I, I'm not an excuse person. I don't use any of that excuse. I didn't have a great upbringing. I really didn't. The whole neighborhood knew that was the worst part about it. When you got to walk out of your house and know, because, you know, the old man was kicking the shit out of you or whatever. When I got hit with a bat, a belt, I couldn't wear shorts to gym class because I had welts. Everyone used to make fun of me. Go, Why you got shorts on? Because your legs are skinny? No, because I got welt marts. It looks like <laughs> fucking, you know. I didn't do my chores, you know, I mean. This was your stepfather. This is my stepfather. Yeah. I mean, I dealt with it. It made me the person I am today in a lot of good ways. It made me stronger mentally, you know, taking 10, a decade of getting your ass kicked every day is kind of tough, you know, and watching your brothers, nothing happened to them. You know, it was always me because I knew why I figured it out. I wasn't stupid. You were fucking smart ass. But I was, <laughs> you were spi- talking I, was I was, spi- I was spiteful. So I would <laughs> do things. That was me. Yeah, like, was you know, when they stay, I. In seventh and eighth grade, I was straight A's, both all thing. I did that because I wanted to go to North Arlington High School. I wanted to go to North Arlington High School. I, I, I remember Rip Collins, like, you know, I was like that kid. I had a troubled life, like, you know what I mean? And he wanted me to come, like, he was, he loved me, you know? And 
no one ever cared about me. You know, was, everybody else's parents were normal. Like his parents were normal. Mike the Taurus parents, they were all normal. And they were in the town. My my stepfather was never, I used to walk to Little League, I used to walk to football practice. No one ever came. You know what I mean? So that was like, no one knew about me. You know, and I was just a kid that showed up. I had no direction at home. What are you playing sports for? And it's not going to do shit for you. Do your studies. So I would fail. And he would get, he'd see it and go nuts and he'd beat the fuck out of me. <laughs> and I'd get enjoyment out of that because I made him angry. You know, I made him put the paper down. Well, that's that's like that scene in Goodwill Hunting where the old man used to come home. I think Robin, yeah, Robin Williams was telling the story and he's like, the old man used to come home and he'd, had a, had a, he'd put a, a hammer, a wrench, and a belt on the table. Or it was, it was something like that. And he says, choose. Because he's going to get a beating on one of these. Most people would choose yes, the belt. He'd take the wrench. Well, the, <laughs> Will says, I'd take the wrench. Yeah. Go, Why would you take the wrench? Because fuck him. Yeah, exactly. Because fuck him. I can't, um, like, my bigger problem is probably with my mother, the fact that she never stood up for me. So that was, a like, you feel that abandonment. But you don't know that shit when you're growing up. You're just in a bad situation. So you do, you know, I was at the playground. That's where I spent most of my time, Jefferson Playground. Fucking doing whatever, stick ball, box ball, basketball, football, whatever I could do. Like I said, in North Arlington, there were always kids at the playground. And there was always something to, there's always something to do. And it didn't have to be your group of friends. Oh, it could be anywhere. You could go, I could go to Washington school down where, closer in Fisher Field by where he was. I used to go down to Wilson because Darren was one of my better friends and I used to hang out with him all the time. And we, you could go, there was a lot of outlets. So that saved my ass and that sense so yeah you could have gone the other way and gotten into i could hang really out with the bad yeah. kids and stuff like that but there was a cemetery crew yes yeah, we used to call yeah. them the stoners mike it's, roman but <laughs> it's funny it's funny how sports and it sounds like you're really into sports funny how sports saves a lot of kids well my problem is is that i was really into sports but i never did anything and i can't i just when you're a kid, you, you, when your father says, does something with you, like my father was absent in that matter because he wasn't involved in anything. So he would show up at some stuff and my mother would never tell him when I was playing. And when I was around him, I was scared because he had a really bad temper. My father's completely different like he, than, than the people I grew up with. Like he had this big and he's, he just was nasty, you know, and I was scared of him to tell him what was going on. So I never told him. And then he would say, why aren't you playing little league and or whatever? Oh, he took me off because I failed like a grader. I got a D and took me off. And then he would get pissed and he had this huge fight. The cops came to my house. He was standing in front of the house. He like threw a bottle to the window. He was a he's an alcoholic. My old man was loved the booze, shit like that. So I was scared to tell him anything. You know, I I said he'll come in the house and kill everybody. You know what I mean? So I just dealt on it the way I dealt on it. You know and. I know I knew you got big into boxing back in the day, too. Is that the reason you got into boxing? Well, you know, my father put me into boxing in the Armory when I was a kid. And uh, because he was big on defending yourself. You know what I mean? Knowing how to fight. And the funniest part is, is I knew I knew how to box since I was eight, six. I boxed. And I boxed as an, up to when I was an adult. I was always doing it. You know, only, like, I would never start a fight. I never started a fight in my life. But... You know, if I had to fight, I'd fight. You know what I mean? Like, but I wasn't, I wasn't somebody who went looking for it. You know, it wasn't my thing. I wasn't like, you know, as long as you're prepared. I watched Mike fight, Mike fight, and <laughs> Mike have some good fights. You know, he has those big ass hands. You want to get hit with that, you know, but I wasn't like that. I was like, if you pushed me, like, you know, I have fights growing up, you know, then, then no one wanted to fight me. Like, I fought a couple of kids that, oh, okay, let's not fight anymore. John Pax, <laughs> guys like that. <laughs> you know, if you fight enough, eventually you're going to get an ass beaten. 
It's, yeah, it's just the I way mean, yeah, it, it wasn't my thing. You know, I just like to get along with everybody. You know, you have guys that you know growing up, but my big thing was the household. So I was constantly getting out, and you know, obviously, you build a lot of regret from that. You look back and you say, "Oh, I wish I did this. I wish I did that." You see, all this guy goes to Seton Hall. He's playing football. He's really good athlete, you know. And I'm sitting around with my dick in my hand. You know what I mean? Does so, your father is your father still with us? Oh uh, yeah, he's 82. He's in Florida. All right. Does he know now? Oh yeah. Yeah. Well, I know things now that I didn't. Like he told me stuff way after, like why he got divorced from my mother, that he was with my, she was with my stepfather beforehand, all kinds of stuff. Yeah. So that personal stuff I didn't know back then. I mean, why would he tell me? No know? wonder he's angry. Yeah, he still. Yeah, he had a lot of hidden anger. Yeah. Now, now, what did he say about the abuse going on in the house? Uh, now he would have. He would did it. He would have did exactly what I thought he would have did. So, I mean. I probably saved his ass. <laughs> this is a guy who paid extra child support. And and this is, we had an argument. I, he didn't talk to me for three months because he said, I gave her extra child support to put in a bank account for you. And I wanted them to see it and all this other stuff. So it would be there. And she spent it. I said, why wouldn't you just put it in a bank account for me? <laughs> he got all pissed off at me, hung up. Sounds, yeah. you know, hindsight's This is a guy that told me that he's a big Red Sox fan. So he goes, he goes, Terry Francona is a shitty manager. And I go, he's got two World Series that they never won fucking before that. I said, and he's shitty? How is he shitty? I said, you're shitty. <laughs> fucking, that's it. You don't know shit. Then he tells my, his, I have two siblings from him that I get along fabulous with. My one brother owns a bar in Philadelphia and my sister's like a multimillionaire up in Milwaukee. So he goes, he calls my brother. Bobby's pissed because I know more about baseball than he does. <laughs> That's my father's mentality. Like, he's just straightforward. Like, uh, my brother had anxiety. Everybody has anxiety. You just don't realize you don't know how to deal with it, right? He would have, he goes, your brother's got this fucking anxiety. It's ridiculous. Just fucking have a beer and fucking take a deep breath. That's his, like, mentality. He thinks it's a sign of weakness. So when you, that's what I have on the other side, too. You know what I mean? So you're like, Jesus Christ. You know? See, that, that's one thing that you and Bobby actually have in common now. What, a lot of anxiety? No, that's a, <laughs> your mutual hatred for the, the world's greatest baseball team. Oh, my God. I fucking hate that team. You know, I tell my kids that the Yankees break into people's houses during Christmas and still presents. I <laughs> uh, fuck it. And th there's a reason why I hate the hate those those teams because they win. No jealousy. They buy it with enough money. Anything can be bought. Who's not buying? Well, they haven't. They haven't been buying anything lately. No. And have they won lately? No. There's mm -hmm. my point. No, it's just the the, the cockiness. I used to hate a Rod worse than anything, almost as much as Jeter. And, but I hated Jeter because he was that good. But I used to hate A-Rod because every time he got up to the plate, I'm doing you a fucking favor by showing up at this baseball Listen, game. That's how, that was his attitude. Here's, if Jeter wore a <laughs> Phillies jersey, yeah. I'd love him. Oh, you be, gotta yeah. love, uh, <laughs> I, I like Derek Jeter. Yeah. I, I like Derek Jeter. I'll tell you what. I'll tell you what, Bobby. Hold on a second. Get, stay on Derek Jeter. Take away Derek Jeter's looks, his talent, and his money. We're the same person. Him and I. I'm the same person as him. Can I leave? <laughs> and we'll end it on that. I didn't realize yeah. I'm with Derek Jeter's <laughs> twin. This is amazing. The thing I thought well, I was just take away without every the... take away everything Derek Jeter has: the beautiful wife, the million dollars, yeah. you know, this, that. The... Him and I. Heaven is the same. I actually get wood right now. I'm the same person. <laughs> they put their pants on the same. Listen, bike. you want to know how bad? Yeah, this is Yankee fans, and I don't really have a huge issue. 
I'm not actually as much of a hater as you are. I like respect the fact that they got this great organization. They want all this shit. But David Ortiz gets in the Hall of Fame, okay? The first thing all the Yankees fans say, why isn't Barry Bonds in? They hate Barry Bonds. They Every single one of them is like, fuck Barry Bonds. He's a disgrace. He did steroids, all this other shit. Now the Red Sox got in. It's Barry Bonds. It's like, he's the greatest player that ever lived. And so is this guy. And so is that guy. I've been guy. living with that forever with Pete Rose not being in. <laughs> that fucking, that's a whole that, different The animal. greatest baseball player that ever lived, arguably, and he's not in the Hall of Fame because he bet on himself. We all bet on ourselves from time to time. But I wish I bet on myself more. <laughs> <laughs> so you, you, you have a little bit of issues from the way you grew up. Then you become... Do you, do you go right into police work after high school? No, no. I went into the workforce. I got a, believe it or not, my stepfather got me a job at Prudential. All right. And uh, I did good there. It was a well-paying job. You start, I started off in like the tape room and uh, no college, nothing like that. Minimal college. And uh, went in, just worked my way up to another division. I was making really good money. I was almost, I was about 27 when I took the police test. Blew his way up. Hey, nothing wrong with getting on your knees every now and then. You got to get dirty, baby. That's how you get promoted. Isn't that correct? And again- Bobby's a sergeant. Patrolman. (laughs) Patrolman. Well, it's not like Lynnhurst where they go, oh, did you bring the chief oatmeal? Okay, here's your stripes. (laughs) We got to take a test. It's civil service. No, no. See, that's where you're wrong with the oatmeal. It was a tea milk on sugar. (laughs) Yeah, it was a tea bag. Oh, chief. (laughs) Your balls are gigantic. (laughs) Oh, my God. <laughs> twenty well twenty six. I, I I got on. I think when I was twenty six. Yeah, then, I didn't get on at twenty seven. I had to wait. I got I I got fucking. Thank God I got hired by the Hudson County Sheriff's Office because Joe Cassidy. Joe Cassidy. Was, uh, Joe Cassidy is the reason why I'm a cop. Because is that your hook? Well, I had a DWI. And, and see, and, the, the funny so, thing is, Joe Cassidy, my father's best friend. Really? Yep. Wait, you had a DWI prior to getting on. I had a DWI when I was twenty something. So is that is that where the drinking? Like you've been drinking for? I've been drinking since the altar boy days. You know, I, all that <laughs> sex, I had to drink it out of my head. No, I didn't say that, did I? I'm sorry, Catholic organizations. Oh, fuck the Catholic organization! <laughs> I'll tell you why. Because eight priests from my high school alone—I went to Catholic high school. Eight priests were caught. No, I know. And I they know. just because here's what they did. They what moved. were you in that movie Spotlight? <laughs> <laughs> he's he's just jealous because they didn't do it to him. No, was I know, he's like, oh god. Uh, Pull your socks up. It was okay. that. Bra- it was that Brad Pitt movie. That's that's where that was. Oh no, that was. Uh, that's not Brad Pitt. That's that, a Fight Club. No, no, whatever. You know, the the one of the dozen movies where the priest fucked a little boy. Okay, <laughs> but that's what that's what the priests were in mind. So I got no love for the for the Catholic Church at all. I know not all priests are bad, but there's enough of them to say there's a fucking problem. You know. But anyway, I'm not Absolutely. saying you, I'm no, not no. Saying you were Believe fucked. me. I, I wasn't. Uh, you know, I said, you listen, were... I've already told you all that. I definitely tell you that. <laughs> <laughs> hey, it might be some kind of wonderful. Who the fuck do I? Did, did you Did you ever once ask yourself, what, am I not attractive? How come they didn't come on to me? <laughs> no, I think he pulled on the rope a couple of times. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you need to adjust this, son. Could you say that in Latin? <laughs> We used to take the bread before it was fucking eat it. Me, oh my god, dude! Me and fucking Mark Libel. Hey, this is just like a cracker. It's not blessed. Isn't? Are we gonna go to hell? No, it's not blessed yet. Oh, give me some of that. I'm starving. <laughs> so, it, it was it a progression or was it a social thing that you just started drinking? 
Listen, nobody sets out to be a fucking alcoholic. I don't know if I believe in hereditary or any of the other shit that people say. You know, I mean, you learn a lot as you go through it, right? Progressively, you know, I didn't one day go, oh, man, I got to drink every day for the rest of my life. I just started drinking. And I wasn't a huge drinker in high school, to be honest with you. Like, you know, parties and stuff like that. And I had a couple of beers. Every now and then I, you know, drink a little when I would go to uh, Jersey City to visit, my, that was my vacation. See, my my mother and my stepfather, <laughs> Jersey, the kids. That's a fucked up childhood. Jersey <laughs> yeah. City we'll go. Vacation. We'll go to uh, you know Wildwood where they go on vacations. But I, I was the fucking black sheep, so I went to Jersey City. <laughs> so my aunt uh, lived on Fairmont, and you know, obviously, I knew the whole fucking neighborhood right so we would go out and we were like 14 and we were getting into like the citizen cane Astor bar drinking just playing softball for them and shit in the summertime that's when we that was my summer vacation playing hockey and shit street hockey by st peter's college so i fucking i'm over there and uh we drink and then i throw up a couple times uh <laughs> but yeah so i got fucked up there and i have like an episode where my cousin locked me out of the house and i had to sleep at my friend eddie's house and is i'm puking all night long but you'd think that would normal the normal person is like shit. I don't want to do that again. You're, I'm never drinking again. But I've that stuff that started early. Stuff, I've said that once or twice. That stopped late for me, uh, early for me. I didn't. I developed the the ability to drink uh, normal amounts of fucking alcohol, and you know I didn't throw up. I wouldn't get sick. You know, I, I'm sure it happened in every town, but it was. I mean, I could only speak for North Arlington growing up there. It was kind of prevalent back then. Right. We used to go up to the Elks. Remember, after the basketball games, we used to go in front of the Elks. There'd be a crowd of 50 people there. Everybody just passing around bottles. You're taking a shot of Jack Daniels, taking a shot of Blackberry Brandy. Sometimes you get the girls. Snaps. Yeah. Snaps. I think that was everybody. Peach Snaps. Everybody had their first drink I like drink the of peach peppermint snaps. snaps in the wintertime. Or Blackberry Brandy. That was the other one that, that's usually your first drink. We can't all be upper class Sacramento wine. Or every once in a while, you, the girls would pass by the the Boone's Farm wine or something. Mad Dog was was it for us? Because I'm South Mad Jersey. Mad Dog 2020. Did I hit that? They don't sell it up here anymore. They still sell it in Orange South Jersey. Jubilee. I was a kiwi lime. <laughs> uh, that's gay. But uh, oh, I can't say that. My bad. I'm sorry. <laughs> sorry, Father. Uh, uh, yeah, that's not a. Uh, that's not cool. Orange Jubilee, and if you dove into a pool, you lost all. Uh, you didn't know up was down and they had to save you. I, I, that's, what, that's what that shit did to you. It, your equilibrium was totally upside down. I tell young kids today when they come in hungover or something, I'm like, what'd you, because I know they don't sell it Mad Dog around here. I know they don't sell it, at least in this immediate Well, they area. don't send it here, but don't forget, we're like, North Arlington is the doorstep of Hudson County. <laughs> it's not, it's the armpit of Bergen County and the doorstep of Hudson County. It should just be Hudson County. And know? Essex should, County. Because we all act... Like, we're from there. We don't act like people, people from North Arlington that grew up there, don't act like people from Rutherford or people from Hasbuck Heights or people up Wyckoff. No, that's like, psh, kidding me? They're like saying their prayers and shit. We're, we're like, fuck you, you know, really. <laughs> but, but I'm saying that no, it, you're not hungover until you've been hungover on Mad Dog. Oh, yeah, it's terrible. The, the sugar content, it's it's the worst hangover in the world. 
But I don't know. Maybe the, the, the seltzer beers are just Well, sangria could be pretty bad, too, if you drink about six or seven pitchers. <laughs> <laughs> what's what's the hangover? Because I don't, I don't drink anymore. I generally okay. get hangovers. We only got one, we only got one alcoholic in the room today. Mike does not get hangovers. I don't, I don't really drink. I pace myself when I drink. I don't I, no, I'm, I'm, I'm binge asking, drink. I wanna, I'm asking a serious question because I, I don't drink those seltzer, those seltzer things. And I know they got some sugar in them. Some of them do, anyway. I'm wondering if the hangover is just as bad. No, not really. No. I mean, I've been I've been worse on Jack Daniels. Mike, Mike, uh, uh, we're driving somewhere, thirty pack, but thirty packs about fifteen done now. So you know, there's yeah, he paces himself all over, driving around in a white GMC fucking uh, Jimmy, whatever that fucking truck was. <laughs> beer's been there the whole day. Cracks one open. Drake and I go. It's the beer's warm. So what? <laughs> Drink it. <laughs> Do you understand when it's we here. when we went down to Florida? I don't think I saw him drink a bottle of water, but he was always drinking. I've never seen anything like hydration, man. Not it one. Matter. I, at one point, I actually said to him, "I'm like, bro, you got to drink some water, man." Well, he likes fluids, especially bodily fluids. <laughs> Ooh, this tastes a little sulfury. <laughs> yeah, I had some asparagus. <laughs> he did last the one night. show down, and the guy's like, "A bottle of vodka behind a curtain. You want it? Okay." Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> I I wanted to just like. Not really? If it's, not if really? it's Stolchenea. You can't drink that anymore. Oh, is that the Russian stuff? Yeah. yeah. Bro, oh, Stoli, yeah. Yeah. Stoli. Was, that was my drink. Stoli, Stoli was your drink I told my wife the other day, I said, thank God I'm an alcoholic. She goes, why? I go, can't drink Stoli anymore. <laughs> <laughs> God forbid you're sitting next to a Ukrainian person, you wear that fucking bottle over your head. <laughs> well, how, how long did it take you to find your drink of choice? I mean, you, you started from Sacramento wine. I'm sure there was some beer in there. Well, the Lord was in me. So, uh, you know, I was open to all. Was Lord that guy who used to hang out on third? <laughs> no, his name was Father Vic. Um, <laughs> I, a lot uh, of gay jokes being thrown I was around a, here. I, I liked malt liquor because I, I was my Jersey City. Dude, Old English 800, fucking uh, um, uh, double deuce. Uh, what do you call it? What's that shit? The malt liquor. Cold 45. Cold 45 double deuce. Oh, man. Me and my cousin Michael used to kill that. Back in the day when I played semi-pro football, there was, let's just say there was a lot of black guys on the team. And after the games, when we take a bus back, first stop was at the liquor store. All of these guys drink Old English 800. I love that shit. I always wonder oh, how that got tied into the black community. Yeah, it's amazing, isn't it? You know, I don't know. I know Billy D. Williams was a spokesman. For quite a while, maybe, uh, maybe they a, marketed it. That it's way. a taste, you know what I mean. It's a taste. Maybe that. Maybe that's just. A, I never knew it either. All I know is the the Royal Liquor Store on Bergen Avenue, Jersey City, and Jimmy was working there, and I was 15 years old, and he sold me as much as anything I wanted. Hey, Bobby, you're 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 18 now, right? You know, because then the drinking age was 18 when I when we were 14. Both yeah. both you, you know? guys fall under the 18. No, no, we no, were 21. We, we were actually 19 for, a, I think yeah, we had it for year. like a week or something like yeah. that. And then they pulled it back. But that didn't stop me. Yeah. No, you, you just know. kept going? No, I looked like I was 12 too when I was like 16. <laughs> so it didn't matter. But the, you knew somebody, you know, and the guy, he that's where I would get it. I, I like that. Then I think I filtered into just regular beer and I drank everything. I mean, we had a lot of different friends who had older brothers too, so. You could always get someone to go in yeah, for Oh, you. yeah. Readily available. You gotta go, always get and I also promoted younger people drinking too. I would buy them when I was of age. I would buy them the. You those. have to pay it forward. Yeah, <laughs> you know, it was done for you. You got to do it and for exactly. them as well. Oh, what do you need? In, uh, a case of eights. Remember that? A case yeah. of eights. <laughs> Especially when they grease you five, ten dollars or something. Yeah, no, just give, give me an eight pack. 
Oh, we used to hang around the liquor store, you know, trying to. Uh, this guy looks like a, he looks yeah. cool. I'll, I'll ask him. And then they're they're walking out the back with yeah. Your then money. it's an undercover cop. Not not when I was looking. Well, nobody gave a, nobody gave a shit. I mean, well, all we're looking for is is a twelve pack of Rheingold or something or old old Milwaukee, which then it wasn't what it is now. I got more old school guys that I work with or guys that I know my whole life from like Carney because my father in law is retired Carney cop. Oh, your father-in-law was the best, except when he took took our fucking beer. You know how much beer he drank on us? He used to always find us and then put it in the trunk, and later on after work, they'd be boozing. I said, yeah, that was old school. Again, another thing in North Arlington, we had one cop, I'm not going to mention his name. We said there was a park down by the river. We used to line the riverbed with beer. We'd put one six-pack on the table. He'd come down every week like clockwork. How many times I got to tell you kids not to drink here? Put the six-pack in the car, he was gone. Take the beer over from the river, and we'd start drinking all night. Jesus. It was like a bribe, but it was worth it. So you get into this this drinking stoli. If you had to guess, how long was it bad? How long was it bad for you? About 15 years. 15 years. And, and what was your frequency? The only time I would take time off from drinking, and I was uh, very um, deceptive. Like people, unless you hung out with me and you caught my act. You didn't really know because I bounced from here to there, and I was always I always went to work. You were you know, very functional. You were a walking two zero. Yes. You know, Bo- Bobby's just like a very crazy person, as you could tell, and he was like the same when he was drinking. Yeah, you I know, really didn't. So change. you really didn't. You really didn't see a difference in him. But like these guys, like little things, like like we go, me, him, and his buddy Mitch would go somewhere, <laughs> and then I would fucking. I would, they would want to go somewhere else. And I'd be like, no, 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 I'm going to stay. Or I would leave and go somewhere else. Like I, I was really shady. You know what I mean? I would bounce from here to there. I couldn't stay in one place. You know what I mean? I was bad like that. Well, the one time I think it was the Melvin Santiago funeral. Remember that in Jersey city, right by Lincoln park. Much trouble I got in that, that thing. Yeah. Oh my word. We go there. Now, if you've ever been to a police funeral, let's just say most cops are off duty, but they're in uniform. All the cars parked together. There's always some alcohol around or something like that, you know, and then after the funeral, you go back to the car, you have a couple of drinks, you go home, meet Bobby there. And Bobby says, uh, Hey, why don't you come back to my house tonight? We'll have a couple of beers. We'll sit around a fire pit. We'll have a couple of beers. Yeah, you sure. No problem. So like seven o'clock, I go pick up some beer, go to Bobby's house, ring the doorbell. His wife, Kyra answers the door. I'm like, where's Bobby? She goes, Oh, he's at the funeral. I'm like, Oh no. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> never made it back. He never made it home. <laughs> Cause I know, I, I, I know all those guys, all those Jersey city cops. Yeah. They're like, I know them since I was kids, like right. all those guys. So once I get with them, it's like a black hole. It doesn't stop. <laughs> so it's weird being at, uh, the la- actually one of the last times I drank was the last Jersey City funeral that they had a couple of years ago. Last time that I really got, I actually got in a fight with one of their captains at the Park <laughs> Tavern. Or I know him, we played softball together, but he was wasted and I was wasted. So you think about a Harrison cop in dress uniform with like 50 Jersey City cops and starting with the captain. They All these junkers are like, fuck if I wanted to fight me. And my buddy Paul, he's like, you don't want to fight them. Stop. You don't want to. I said, what do you think? I can take like six or seven of them, right? That's in my mind. I'm like, you know, I'm going to fight my fellow brothers. Right. It's just fucking whacked out of my mind. And then I go back to his house. He owns a, 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 well, it's a, a safe, locksmith. It, it's a safe fight. I'm going to tell you why it's a safe fight. They're not going to kill you. Yeah, that's true. They're not going to kill you. you. You might catch a beating, but they're yeah. not going to kill you. Go back to my buddy's house and stay there till 9 o'clock the next morning and come walking in with the tie off to the side. Don't know where my hat is. <laughs> Fucking whacked. She just looks at me, shakes her head. Well, we're going to get into how this affected your life 
on our next episode because we're going to have you back to finish this. There's no way we can do this in one episode, Mike. I told you yesterday I think this would be a two-parter. So we're going to bring Bobby back for the next episode here. And that's going to do it for the end of part one of The Suffering of Alcoholism with Bobby Crudell. Follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Look for Mike on Instagram at dented underscore ace. Look for Bobby on Instagram at Bobby Crudell. Look for me at Real Kevin Donaldson. And join us next week for the conclusion, part two of The Suffering of Alcoholism with Bobby Crudell. <laughs>